Okay, welcome back to Fast Jet Performance. I'm Tim Davies. Uh, this post concerns how we can use aggression to motivate ourselves into where we want to be and not necessarily listen to everyone around us who are always giving us their best ideas. So the read time is about 15 minutes, but as I say, it's going to be about 10. And of course, if you speed me up on a podcast to about one and a half times, we're going to bring that down for you. So increasing your learning uh, capacity and speed and reducing the time that you have to spend doing it. So the Fighter Pilot School of Winning, how you can use aggression to achieve success. What's wrong with the youth of the day? Recently, we had some young employees doing a project for our civilian partners And when they had finished and the contract had been signed, they all left the company, even rejecting an increased salary offer to stay. They went and found work with another company, having only worked for our partners for 18 months. Speed and agility are key in today's fast-moving workplace, and this was what these young employees knew. They were not prepared to risk leaving their future employment chances to someone else and were aggressive in their planning. I had to admire them. They knew the project they had done would look good on their CVs, and now they were off to get more experience from somewhere else. Quote, There is no such thing as security. You have to be aware of your options and not be afraid of change or failure. In fact, change is vital. Now that's from Captain Richard Champion de Crismini, who wrote a book, uh, QF32, and he was a captain of Qantas Airline uh, QF32, which was an A380 that lost one of its Trent power plants as it climbed out from Singapore uh, after only eight minutes of flying. It's a great book if you want to get yourself a good read, QF32. It is exactly the same in air combat. At the merge, he who maneuvers first dictates the fight. What this means is that when two aircraft meet head-on at speeds of up to Mark 1.5, the pilot that makes the first move will have the other pilot reacting to what they have done. One of the most important attributes of a fighter pilot is aggression, and the constant need to take the initiative in a fight is an essential skill. Fighter pilots use terms such as lead turn cue and control zone when talking about air combat, and as important as they are in the military, they also have great significance in the business world. Lead turn cue is a term we use to describe the moment when we see an opportunity for us to manoeuvre our aircraft in order to position it in significant advantage. An example in the civilian world might be an aspiring journalist who writes for an article for free just to get noticed by the editor, or a session musician who plays on an album for no fee just to get seen by the recording artist. Now, I know a tornado navigator or weapon system officer who, on understanding that the jet was going to be out of service soon, asked to be sent to the Predator drone to retool his skill set ahead of his peers and thus keeping his job. When Apple revolutionized the portable music industry by bringing out the iPod, they lead turned others in that industry. Quote, this amazing little device holds a thousand songs and goes right in my pocket. That was Steve Jobs from the Apple iPod launch event back in 2001. Now, the other term, the control zone, is a cone shaped behind the aircraft where you can have authority over the defender and it becomes difficult for them to shake you off. In a business context, it would be when a startup manages to grow big enough to make another company not want to compete in their sector. Now, Google did this with internet search and Lego with little bits of plastic that we can build awesome things with. I recently flew against a student who was having trouble with his basic fighting maneuvers, or BFM, and the 1v1 air combat syllabus. He had quite a few problems, and I decided to concentrate on just three for this flight. 
I would be the bad guy or the hostile aircraft, and we will go up and fly neutral sets, or 1v1 air combat with no advantage given to either aircraft when they meet. I was the flight lead and started the exercise from 15,000 feet and 330 knots over the Irish Sea. We both turned away from each other and started descending to accelerate to a fighting speed of 0.7 mark. On my call, we turned in from a five mile split and rolled out to point nose to nose at each other with a closing speed of over 1,000 miles an hour. Now, a pilot must always be thinking about the environmentals or his surroundings when flying. So my game plan was to take the fight vertical as there was a dark sky above us with low cloud over the sea. If my student stayed low, then he'd have a hard time seeing me above him and he would be highlighted in his black aircraft against that white cloud. Remaining tally, or being able to see your opponent in air combat, can be exceptionally difficult, but is important as you can't fight what you can't see. Now I made sure that I was slightly below his aircraft at the merge, and as we passed, I fainted an aggressive level turn towards him before quickly rolling wings level and conducting a max performance climb into the vertical. As I looked over my shoulder, fighting the G-forces that were attempting to steal my consciousness, I could see that he had reacted to my initial action and had also started a level turn. Very quickly, however, he too rolled wings level and started his climb. Good, I called over the radio. In the Hawk, the counter to a vertical fighter is also to go vertical, but my initial feint had costed him angles and energy. I had been aggressive and had dictated the fight from the outset. Now I had the initiative. Here's a quote. Initiative, aggressive, air discipline and teamwork are words, are words that mean something in air fighting. And that was Adolf Malan. Now, as I rotated my body to look through the back of the canopy, I could see him climbing up towards me. I hadn't wasted my energy turning level, so I could now establish the high man at the top of the fight. But he had been clever, and in recognising that he had less energy than me and his turn circle would be smaller, he saw a potential Fox 2 missile shot. I knew that the shot would be high risk, it would be a fleeting opportunity, and that it would like, most likely be outside of missile parameters. But he took the shot anyway. Jester 2, Fox 2. It was a good effort, and I told him so, but it wouldn't count this time, and we continued. We were both now slow speed at the top of our individual loops. I was higher than him and preserving my potential energy. Flying the Hawk at slow speed requires a delicate hand, especially when inverted. And it was then that he made his second mistake. See, when you are slow in a Hawk, you lose nose authority or the ability to point your nose where you want it to go. Knowing this, I needed to lure him into a false sense of security. So I allowed my nose to drop just a little, feigning that I was looking to dive and run away. He saw my nose drop and in recognising my intent, committed his nose low and descended in an attempt to do the same thing. I had the height advantage, which meant that the energy I had in hand would allow me to commit my nose lower than his, accelerating my aircraft to a speed that we both required, but at a greater rate than he could. I overbanked and pulled aggressively down. Now, as I reached the aircraft's best rate speed of 330 knots, I aggressively hauled my nose to the horizon to prevent the aircraft accelerating any further and gradually positioned towards his control zone. As I took lead in his aircraft, I closed in, and when I saw that he was tiring, I terminated the engagement with a guns kill. Now, the whole fight had lasted less than 90 seconds, and for the student who had little combat experience, he would have felt exceptionally draining. Uh, it would have felt draining for him both physically and mentally. I was impressed that he had recognised a changing picture. 
He had seen me climb after my faint and had reacted to it. But I had a few concerns. The student had been reactionary at the merge, but had failed to action his own game plan, waiting to see what I would do. Coupled with my aggressive climb, he had placed himself poorly in the fight. I had taken the initiative, which meant he would always be playing catch-up. When we met each other at the top of the fight, what he should have done was drive hard towards the empty area behind my aircraft, always pulling towards my six o'clock, staying level and preserving his potential energy. For a second time, he had allowed me to dictate the fight to him with my nose drop ploy. But it was his lack of fight as I closed the guns that concerned me the most. If he had attempted a defensive manoeuvre called a guns jink, I would have let him flush me out front, neutralising the fight or even allowing him advantage. In air combat, you must keep fighting as your buddy might only be seconds away from reaching the fight and killing your opponent. Think Maverick in Top Gun. Maverick supersonic, I'll be there in 30 seconds. Move your ass, get up here, I'm engaged with five, repeat five, I'm in deep shit. As we climbed back up to 15,000 feet, I debriefed the student over the radio and he acknowledged that he was waiting to see what I would do at the merge. After asking him to describe the weather in the fight area, I got him to say what his game plan should have been. He said that next time he would climb because he would be facing the sun and it would be hard for me to see him. Good, I replied. I'll stay level for you so you can see what I look like against the cloud layer. We talked some more and about what we would do and what he would do the next time we met with slow speed and I reminded him that he should never stop fighting. The next two fights were much better and I made some areas that he capitalized on proving that learning had indeed taken place. The main lesson for the student was about aggression and how he should develop and run his own game plan at the merge. As long as he had considered his surroundings and how they might facilitate his success then his plan would be sound and his victory probable. If he then applied his plan with an aggressive mindset, his chances of winning were even more assured. In air combat, it is easy for a student to default to an instructor as the instructor is much more experienced. A lot of our time is spent getting students to have confidence in their abilities. Giving them a typhoon cockpit, one of the country's strategic assets, is not done lightly and certainly won't happen if we don't think they have any self-belief. But this is also true outside the cockpit. It is critical to not allow ourselves to be dictated to by someone else's agenda. This applies to all areas of our lives and if we are honest, I'm sure that we can all find an example of where we are allowing our future to be decided by another person. It might be that your spouse insists you holiday in Spain again, but you really want to go and see the Norwegian Fords. Or you might just continue working for an uninspiring boss in a job you hate. It is essential to remember that to get somewhere you've never been, you'll have to do something you've never done. And this will take an applied, aggressive mindset. Quote, feel the fear and do it anyway. That's Susan Jeffers. Now think about how you might be able to lead turn areas of your life. It might be that you put some money into an emergency fund in case you lose your job. Maybe you could build a sideline business with a skill set you have Have a look at your hobbies. Would someone pay you for the paintings you do or the advice you might offer about website creation or knitwear patterns? Here's another quote. If you do not think about the future, you cannot have one. And that was John Goldsworthy. So make a decision to take the driving seat for the journey that is your life. And don't let someone else run it for you. They really aren't interested in your success. You have to take that initiative, be assertive and decide the path that you need to follow in order to get where you want to be. 
Don't be a slave to others. Be the master of you. Hey, guys and girls, I appreciate your time. You know that. If there's anything you need or there's other things you want, kind of like in maybe an article that you think would apply to you, then hit me up on that Twitter or on the website itself or in the comments below. The comments are always good uh, for me to read, to really kind of gauge where you want to, uh, what, what are you interested in, where you want me to take these things. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Tim Davies, Fast Jet Performance. <laughs>